Hey guys, Alex Ross here from Never Sleeps Network. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ross Never Sleeps. Be sure to check out our new podcast every week at NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Be sure to check out our YouTube page as well. We have a brand new series on there starring the great Phil Luzzi. It's called Philina. The last two episodes feature the great Ali Hassan trying hats at Beau Chapeau Hat Shop and the always funny Hunter Collins. On this episode of RNS, I'm with the beautiful couple that is comedians Jen Sicato and Patrick Hakeem. We discuss love, relationships, and I make them play the newlywed game. All this because of their brand new podcast on the 10-Minute Podcast Network, Love Advice for Idiots by Idiots. Listen to us with Jen Sicato and Patrick Hakeem. Of course, you can catch Jen every third Thursday hosting Ladies Night at the Underground, 670 Queen East. And of course, Patrick is hustling from show to show all over town each week. But right now, they're on this episode of Ross Never Sleeps on Never Sleeps Network. You guys are now part of a podcast family. Mm-hmm. You're here to promote the 10-Minute Podcast Network. Your show's called Listen to Us Podcast. Love advice for idiots by idiots. I'm with Jen Sicato and Patrick Hakeem. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being on Ross Never Sleeps. Well, thank you for idiots. having us. Yeah. Well, like, uh, I want to get to that point, Jen, because as self-proclaimed idiots in love, <laughs> isn't everyone in love an idiot? As in... They eventually don't care about much other than their love. I mean, independent of us being in love with each other, we are two idiots. Yeah. I think that's what we're trying to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, so, I, I agree. It's like, take, take our advice, uh, you know, at your own risk. We may ruin your romantic life, but, uh, you know, we're going to try to have fun while doing it. I like that. This is not uh, high stakes love advice. Right. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing Patrick ever does is high stakes. Yeah, yeah it's... That's a a little bit better than Dr. Phil. Like I feel like I feel like we give good advice like in the episodes that we've we've put out already. You know what's been nice is that we we always agree with each other. So basically the format That's not true. We don't always agree well, with each other. No, on the podcast I mean. I mean no, there's been times where Debonis had to oh, really? had to mediate. There's my short-term memory. But basically the format of the podcast is uh uh we read a question that's been submitted by uh uh, now they will be listeners. First, we got our friends yeah, uh, to friend. submit questions. We Who's ask them what kind of questions they they yeah. would like to ask us, and then we read them on the air, and then we answer them. and And the formula of the show is Jen and I try to help, but should we not agree on the advice? Then our producer Mark DeBonis chimes in, and he gives in his two cents. Let's yeah. shout out to the wonderful Mark DeBonis. What up? Every time I am in an elevator, I think about him killing in an elevator joke in his voice. That's the thing about Mark DeBonis's voice. Yeah. Everybody can do a, a perfect Mark DeBonis impersonation, and it's always funny, and I listen to his voice in my head all the time telling his jokes. Wonderful comedian, and now a producer, 10-Minute Podcast Network. So that's great. You get to work with comedians at the beginning, of course, when you're warming up, it's going to be with comedians asking you guys questions. Are comedians generally the right people to be answering love advice? Well, there are actually a few non-comics who had submitted questions, too. Some real... 
you know, humans. But are comedians the best to provide love advice? Maybe. I mean, Patrick and I are really polar opposites. And I really think that it's been, you know, both of our senses of humor's that have helped us succeed in our relationship. Yeah, also, He's I think scrunching like, his eyebrows. No, no, and no not I'm just ex- listening to what you're saying. Don't. <laughs> that's his thinking face. Yeah, yeah, that's my thinking. Oh. I also think like this is like the most positive relationship I've been in. Why, thank you. And and I think it's healthy. And I think like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 39 this year. And I think that the fact that we've been together for like what's going on three years now, it's like being together for like a decade in your 20s, right? Because sure. you know what you like, you know what you want. And I don't feel like we hide who we are from each other. And there's like the secret person that we are. We're just like really honest. So I think the fact that we have a healthy relationship, we can help others with their unhealthy questions. How do you know when you're in an unhealthy, an unhealthy relationship? Oh, boy. Um, how about when you, you find out he's been cheating on you for a year? That's not good. Uh, <laughs> sure, but what are the signs before that? Oh, like, how, just... we're always... I think poor communication. Absolutely. Okay. People being too proud to apologize or to to own, like, being wrong. I think that'll hurt a relationship a lot. And then, like, you know, I know a lot of guys was like, yo, uh, I'm dating this girl. She really hates weed. So I pretend I don't smoke weed. Yeah. And Been that's always, yeah, but that's always going to end up as a disaster because you're pretending to be somebody that you're not to please somebody who's probably not the perfect person to please that way. You know, the fact that somebody can't accept you for who you are and that you're a weed smoker, that person's not the right person for you. Or... Do you have to just be kind of more open about who you are to this person, or I mean, like it, all you have to like write them out completely because because they disagree with part of your lifestyle? Well, I think I'm not saying that. I'm saying like if somebody somebody's like, if you smoke weed, I don't want to be with you, and then you pretend not to smoke weed, but you smoke weed every second that you're not with that person. That's not healthy. That's what I'm saying. I know, but can't people give you a, a second opinion? Maybe pot smoking. I mean, listen, I'm an avid pot smoker, and I know when pot is healthy for somebody, and I know when pot is not necessarily healthy for somebody. I think the only way a healthy relationship works is if you're like, this is me, fuck, look at it. Look at it. And if they, tr- if they don't turn around and run away, that's amazing. <laughs> this, this is another question I have, and, and I'll, I'll throw it to you, Jen. Can you become too comfortable in your relationship? Is there a fine line between, listen, baby, you're going to listen to my farts, you're going to be in my natural habitat, this is who I am, versus like, you know, like the love is lost, like like maybe the girl or the guy doesn't want you to be too, that comfortable. Well, then I think that's something, I mean, look, the older I get, the less patience I have. So sometimes when friends ask me, they're like, this guy's doing this. I'm like, dump him, move on. Who cares? Next, go. Next, let's go. I feel you. Go. I feel you. Uh, I'm, I'm very impatient like that. But with Patrick, so speaking of, you know, showing your true colors or whatever early on he literally said the words this is me this is me like like within a when, month when did i ever you say your chest. that yeah, yeah within a month of I us being together you always dial it up a notch Come whenever on. we're on no, the no, podcast no. it's this like is, she's like showbiz jam podcast coming has been a long time coming i'm just waiting for an audience to listen to what i've been through um no just kidding but yeah earlier on you were just like this is who i am sometimes i like to lounge around well not sometimes every day i like to lounge around <laughs> in my underwears and uh and scream at the tv and and hey. like like you said i didn't go i didn't turn around running 
And, uh, you know, and I then, like, I as for farts, Jen is the queen both, of farts. We're disgusting. Big farters. People. But your question, you know, how do you retain the romance or whatever, even if you're, if you're very comfortable in being gross? I mean, Patrick and I have a lot of passion, I think, for each other. So I also think it's the, the little things you do for each yeah, other help yeah. a lot. Like, you know, somebody could tell you that you're beautiful and they love you every day and leave the house and cheat on you. And then somebody that does little things like, oh, you know, I saw this. I remember you wanted it. I mm-hmm. picked it up for you. I was at the grocery store. I saw that you didn't have any tofu in the fridge. I got you a couple of packs of tofu. Little things like that go a long way. I'm learning how to push Jen's buttons now. (laughs) (laughs) So this gets to another question of mine. We keep bringing up cheating. Now, say I'm in an endless loving relationship with somebody, but sexually I'm interested in exploring maybe other flavors. Could be swinging, could be polyamory. Oh, Jen made like an awful face. So why? Oh. Why? So what's your take? And and what? So I don't think that's cool. You might not be into that, but somebody might be into that. That's, we gotta, that's true. You that's gotta fine. be open-minded. That's fine. I like that. I agree with Patrick. Not to say I disagree with you, but I agree that there is no agreement or disagreement when you're completely open-minded. Well, I just made that face when you said, uh, you know, swinging because I'm not a big fan of double dipping. Uh, and then polyamory, to, I, look, that's just an excuse to fuck, just to fuck around. You know what I mean? An excuse. Absolutely. Okay. Can you elaborate? Uh, I mean, like, you know, I just feel like, I, I don't know if I believe that there are two people in the world who could really meet each other and be like, I'm totally secure and confident with you having not just a sexual relationship, but a romantic relationship, because that's what polyamory is, right? With multiple people, and you're still, and somehow I'm still the priority? I don't believe in that. I think people are wired differently than others. For me, that doesn't work for me. I like, Mm -hmm. you know, wearing you down and and making sure you're with no one. But like, you know, if some, I think if somebody is interested in exploring other sexual relationships, honesty is the number one thing, Mm -hmm. and you got to bring that up to your partner. And whether they reciprocate or not, that's up to them at the end of the day. But whoever you are, Whoever you truly are, I believe that you got to be honest and be like, this is me. This is what I want. And you got to be prepared to, to to lose it, to lose that person. Yeah. And the longer you wait to communicate these things, the more of an issue these things will become. Absolutely. A hundred percent. All right. Enough of the love advice. I need to hear more about my guest. I have a, a game for you guys. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I got, I got little games on my sleeves here and there. Now, Jen, I don't know that much about you other than what I've heard Patrick mention on stage. We've never met before. Disaster. Pa- Patrick and I have developed a friendship over the yeah, last little bit. Have. You know, so uh, it's a pleasure to finally have you here to meet you but i want to play a little game right off the bat where to the best of your abilities (laughs) i'll first get you to talk about patrick and his background and how he got into comedy and moved to toronto and then i'll ask patrick Mm. to do the same excellent jen has an excellent memory for recall let's do this don't worry about it I'll, i'll be doing this again throughout the show so you'll have opportunities to redeem yourselves okay uh patrick is from the great city of Montreal where he started stand-up. How did he start? What was his first... Wow. Uh, his first set was at Comedy Works. Yes. Ding, ding, uh, ding. Maybe. Definitely. <laughs> He's not um, giving you anything. I can't... I, I, I don't know like what your first... I don't know that story, the first set and all that stuff. But I do know that you said before... Stand-up is the first thing in your entire life that you became super passionate and, and devoted about. 
until Fair. I came along. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with that. That's it. And then a few years into stand up, you decided to pers- continue pursuing comedy in Toronto, um, as is kind of what a lot of Montreal Anglo comics do. And um, yeah, here you are. Is that good enough? It's okay, but like, <laughs> I'll let Patrick uh, so basically, grade you. I was in acting class with a, an act called Sugar Sammy and Rodney Ramsey and Christoph Davidson. Very funny people. Very fine people. And they kept telling me, dude, you got to do comedy. I was like, I always wanted to do it. They're like, just do it. And then I did it. And the first night I ever did was like an open mic challenge. And I won the open mic. And then I got a, like a weekend gig out of it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. But uh, I'll. T- you want me to answer this for Jen? Absolutely. So Jen uh, gave a speech at her friend Jen Favaro's wedding. Incorrect. No, not Jen Favaro. It's another friend. Yoko Stewart. Oh, yeah. Yoko's wedding. But it was at a wedding. And mm-hmm. she killed at this wedding. And then uh, people were like, you should do stand-up comedy. And she's like, all right, let's do it. Right? Hundred percent right. Yeah. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, now I want you to kind of elaborate on what Jen is currently doing. What shows you, we should be checking out? I know you have some weekly nights. Now go, keep going, and then I'm going to do the same for you. So, so Jen, I do his shows, and he does mine. Absolutely. Oh well, you're not going to know. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, Jen currently hosts an open mic called the Cameron House with the lovely <laughs> Dina Jackson. And uh, the thing that makes this different from other open mics is that they give comics a theme every month so forcing them to write a new set for the show as well as she runs a monthly show at the underground which is an amazing venue and it's a called uh, ladies night at the underground it's an all lady show and it's 420 friendly and jen tonight is at uh, an open mic on main street in gerard and uh, she's also doing dope and mic with jeff paul oh my god i like how Patrick likes this too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like, gleaming she, with pride. Because I have like a memory of an elephant. Like mm-hmm. I'll remember like what somebody was wearing at a wedding eight years ago. And she's like, I'm like, what'd you have for breakfast yesterday? And she's like, I have no idea. And while you're explaining everything, Jen is racking her I know, brain. I, so Jen, visibly. What, what shows do we got coming up? Babe, do you know what shows you have coming? No, up? no good, fair question. Fair, <laughs> fair question. Very fair question. You know, no, what I, I, you know what I hear at least once a week. Ah, oh, babe, I triple booked myself again today. I don't know how I'm gonna get to all these shows. You are hardworking, Patrick. You are definitely pushing yourself these days. Yeah. What the hell do you have? Let's see. Wow, somebody's not looking at my what Facebook status. No, on. why don't you tell me what I have? I, I think this is yesterday. You were in Stony Creek. Okay, this is the past. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't know, man. I have no idea. Oh, okay. All right, Patrick. Why don't you clean up the bases? Yeah. <laughs> type five right, in the doing? living room. Well, tonight I am free. I, that doesn't count. We don't need to know that. And then I might go, stop by Mike Rita's room and wish him a happy birthday and do a show. But tomorrow I'm doing Maritos tea room oh you're doing comedy yeah shout out to marita lopez i love you man yeah comedy with luba magnus right vampire which is like it's an it's an open mic basically okay. in a tea room and then friday i'm at the corner and saturday i'm at the corner and i'm yeah, headlining on saturday at the seven oh, o'clock show oh, amazing mm-hmm. that's yeah patrick's definitely you're, you're putting in the work these days which is great thanks uh, jen I'll, I'll definitely come back to you now for some more love advice We'll get back to that and put you out of your shame. (laughs) Jen, when dating, when should you know that the relationship you're getting in is a real relationship that's going somewhere and not just fun and in the moment without 
risking ruining future fun you may have before you scared off the person you're seeing? Great question. I guess, um, you know, like two months is a good is a good time to be like, all right, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Do I want it to be, you know, do I want there to be a future? Do I want it to be kind of more committed and serious? Or am I fine with this just, you know, farting around and just being fun, you know? So I, I think two months is usually when you start to feel like, okay, this this guy's a clown or, or, yeah, or this it, one's a keeper. It you know? takes two months because sometimes the clown is part of his charm, right? Like eventually you get this used, one, right? Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I feel Patrick's pain, <laughs> so to speak. I, I know what it's like to just want to be a, a piece of shit goofball sometimes. Oh, he still is. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, to find somebody that loves the piece of shit goofball. Are you, I, my girlfriend and I always joke, I'm always redeeming myself to neutral. You know, it's not that I'm ever going above neutral in like a relationship. You know, I'm always just trying to make sure I'm out of the doghouse. Not yeah, yeah. that I'm ever above neutral, but it's a joke because it's it's always like, what did I just do to make me get in the doghouse so I can get out of the doghouse? That's kind of like a, a relationship. What are you doing to get in the doghouse, buddy? Be, what do you mean? Look who's talking. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in the doghouse no, that much? No, not that much. I just like Patrick. He he does he doesn't remain at neutral. He actually exceeds quite there a bit. There you go. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He you know on he likes to goof around and be a jolly green giant. But you know he's actually he's he's a hard worker. You know we own a business together too, so he's very innovative. That's right, dog that. walking. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And you know Patrick he, he works very hard and he puts in a lot not only to our livelihood but in our relationship and everything. So I'm. I'm quite happy, and I would not say that he maintains that neutral. So you got to step up your game, Alex. Neutral, oh, neutral's you. not good per, enough. Per, no, it, it's a joke. I do go above, but sometimes it always feels like I'm just trying to, you know, that fine line between neutral and exceeding. No, but I definitely right? suck at things like chopping vegetables and cooking for myself. Well, yeah, you but definitely I don't, need to get those basic skills yeah. up. Bro. Sure, but I, I also don't know. I'm oh, the internet's not working. I'm not going to turn off the modem. I'm going to wait That's till right. he gets home. You know what I mean? So but then we have like a trade. Like I idiots. hate cooking, so she'll cook, and then I'll wash dishes. We, we, yeah. we barter with each other. The way it should be. And that's what I'm kind of implying. Like yeah. it's always like, how did how do I help you? Because you clearly just helped me so yeah. much more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When do you realize, though, you're kind of sacrificing too much to make the relationship work? Not saying that you're not comfortable, but maybe now your partner has an expectation that maybe just all of a sudden, for whatever reason, you can't commit to anymore, whether it's timing, schedule, you know, maybe they're, you saw them a lot more when you first started dating and now you got a new job or your schedules are really off, you know, a family member's sick, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm How do you deal with that? Like, well, again, it all comes down to uh, communicating very clearly. So con- constant. That's another thing Patrick's very good at is, is constantly fucking yapping away. No, just kidding. Uh, communicating very well. I do talk well. a lot. I, yeah. I, I, I talk. But I think that's really important because, you know, life is not, st- uh, you know, life is constantly changing, right? So, you know, things come up and, uh, you know, it's like if you live together, hey, this week, you know, do you think you could... Uh, do these tasks around the house. I'm super busy. Or if you're not living together, just like, hey, you know, I'm really sorry. I can't yeah, and I also think this, week, this but- falls on the other person because, I mean, like, you can't live. Everything evolves eventually. Yeah. And I think if that person's expecting you to stay here all the time and they can't adapt with you for your job or your problems, it's a shitty person. Sure. No, listen, yeah. I think it's easy to say... <laughs> if you're trying to make a relationship work and then all of a sudden you are trying not hard enough to make it work, yeah. whether or not you're a shitty person, it's just sometimes there's a lot of 
opportunities in life that are going to make you reconsider your relationship. Right. I, I have another question that the gut is in this realm. So when couples realize it may be too soon to move into the same place together, but someone's job is moving them or their current lease is up or they don't have any funds or really the interest in living with other people. Yeah. How can they avoid this becoming an issue in their relationship? What would help these people when deciding living situations together? I would say, like, say, for example, uh, you know, if there's a couple and somebody just got kicked out of their apartment or something and, and you know, the other the other person could use a, a roommate or whatever, and it might make sense. Um, definitely think ahead and think, you know, if I if I wasn't kicked out of my apartment, would it be a smart move to move in with this person? Or am I just, you know, urged by the, you know, the urgency of the situation? And if it's, nah, I wouldn't live with them. If I if I still had my own apartment, I wouldn't, you know, break my lease and move in with them. Don't do it. What's the rush? You'll find another apartment. You know what I mean? Or another relationship. Yeah. Or oh, somebody. Sure. <laughs> some, or another catch to sleep on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do think that... Um, you know, sometimes people uh, tend to force a relationship in situations like that, and they they kind of try to create this, you know, make do situation. Well, I think it's different for everyone because, mm-hmm. like, we started dealing with each other in 2014 June, right? Mm-hmm. Mayish around then, like the end of May, and you lived across the street to the in the apartment. Now we live together. Mm-hmm. I practically moved in like. Two days later, like I, I don't think I slept at home until I officially moved in a year. I had that AC, right? That's <laughs> uh, how you, how you snatch them up. But eventually, no, you, but you didn't move in because you had to. You moved in because I was like, listen, you're always here. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, yeah, you're right. I'll move in. It's just like, yeah. And then you officially moved. You know, officially started paying half the rent, the bills, da da da. Right. So, uh, but I think to answer your question, Alex, like for me, it's like, just be realistic. Don't, don't force it. You know what I mean? If, if you don't think it would be a good idea under good normal circumstances, I don't think it would be under urgent circumstances. I, I like how you keep giving me leeways and, and segues into my next question. Oh, do I? Because yeah. <laughs> being realistic is a skill. In my opinion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how many times have we heard a friend explain to us their expectations in a relationship and do everything in their power to find that perfect person that fits exactly what their expectations are? And they don't understand that that perfect person doesn't exist. Or (laughs) their expectations doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to have expectations right off the bat, is that realistic? Uh, I think it's normal to have expectations. That's fine. You know, if you don't want uh, kids, that's a huge fundamental part of a relationship, right? So you you have to, if you don't want kids, then you got to, that's a totally acceptable expectation to have of, of somebody you're, you know, looking to hang out with. Yo, do you want kids? Yeah. See you later. Sorry. See, they're <laughs> super impatient. Like, I, there's definitely some things in my life where I'm like, this is a, it's black or white for me. There's like, absolutely no room for But it. I know what you mean. Like, I like growing up in Montreal, I had a lot of Italian Greek friends who their idea of a perfect girl was like, oh, bro, her, she's got to be a virgin. And he's like 28 looking for a virgin. And you're like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, what the fuck are you? What are you saying? Like, you're not going to find a virgin. It's not 1954. Like, these guys are crazy. And they're, they're like... But yeah, it's unrealistic. Or somebody who doesn't meet their own expectations, but has the expectations in their partner. That's the worst. Yeah, it really is. So when you finally meet somebody and they only meet 60%, 
of your expectations is is that enough to to pursue something or like i mean even when you start dating two months in okay jen's two months right and you think there's potential here but they only really tick off five or six out of the ten things you're expecting but maybe they were expecting you know you to be certain way and you're not and how do you know that uh you're this is the relationship you're supposed to be putting the effort in versus how do I know if maybe the somebody better or or somebody who meets my expectations is out there? This being the only healthy relationship that I've ever been in, I can only talk about this experience. I mean, I, I had my doubts because I thought that you were going to make me a poor comedian when we started dating because I was like insane. Like I thought the only relationship I could have is with stand-up comedy if I'm going to be it. Like I was just like insane about this when we first started. Well, I was. I was like wasn't sure. But after that, I got to say, everything always felt organic with you. And I just took it day by day. I never really, like, to answer your question, I never, like, had doubts after that. And then, like, if I think if you have doubts constantly, it's like the underlying of your friend. Why do you have doubts? Do you have doubts because you're looking to be with someone else? Do you have doubts because you don't really like this person? And then if you don't really like this person, then why are you with them at this point? Do you know what I mean? Like, like if you were thinking like, oh, I don't know, if this um, every day you're having like turmoil within about what whether you're with that person or shouldn't be. I think you clearly shouldn't be with that person. If you're constantly thinking about. Uh, how you're unsure of being in a relationship, it's not the right relationship for you. We always hear about our friends that live with their parents till they're 30, Mm -hmm. meet someone who's going to essentially take care of them like their mother did. Does that still exist? Are we in... Oh, big time. Big time, big time? Or or are there... I guess my question is, is there still people, whether male or female, that find somebody who've been babied up to their, say, 30th birthday, and now they're taking on this kind of relationship? And there's an expectation where someone's going to be taken care of and someone's going to be enjoying taking care of that person. I, I mean, just saying, not like a sugar daddy, not like anything no, explicit. No, but you mean like... Uh- Wash my socks or whatever. (laughs) You know, but like there's just things where you can't forget when you just left the teat of your parents' house, you know, and now you're in a relationship. It's hard to shake off. Like, I mean, especially if you haven't lived alone or, you know, you're just moving into this house with somebody because you've been dating them and living in your parents' basement. Now you're going to move into this house together. Like, are are these relationships realistic? Can you grow as an individual in these relationships? So, like, a buddy in Montreal who moved in with his girlfriend recently, she lived in our house till she was 27, 28. And he's so frustrated because she doesn't get basic washing dishes or because they were always done for her so he's like frustrated but he i mean he realizes he's been together for six years but it, he's going through a, a a growing pain with her living in her and being like you got to fucking wash your dishes like i'm not i'm not the dishwasher they don't get magically eat something wash your dish and put it away so i mean we had growing pains mm-hmm. yeah had had mm, still have like what oh come on man we got how well, much time you do you have 
Wow! wow. <laughs> yeah, why are you always leaving the fridge open, the cupboards open, the sink on? So basically, my act your is socks, what you're doing right I find, now. I find your socks just like wedged <laughs> in the couch always. You're gonna talk to me about clothes? I don't even want to talk about this right First now. First of all, to be honest, you're like you. the biggest hoarder. Okay. You. She has oh, like a bag okay. of clothes that she collects hey, that gone. she's gonna donate. It's gone, and it stays in the same corner for four months, like a clear recycling we, bag. Of, we I'm just like, what got f- a car, so I got rid of the sack. I know, but right? you, you had like you had computer monitors when I, like an IT guy, when I met you, just in case somebody needed one. You're a hoarder. <laughs> Save it for the podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like I like how it was a clear garbage bag full of items, so you could see. Yeah, the yeah she's like, like, it's not just a garbage bag. I need this. All right, let's let's get away from the love advice and you guys <laughs> ragging on each other. I got some more, you know, call it newlywed style questions, but this way we'll we'll get out of the the advice altogether. Yeah, it's okay. Do you want you want to eat some candy? Patrick? Alex has been very nice and left us some uh, sake flavored Kit Kat bars. What and flavor? Patrick's just like scrounging around here like a squirrel. Well, that's because I'm fidgety, but eat I didn't it. want to eat it. Uh, well, I know your origins are Japanese. <laughs> And I happen to be yes. a huge obsessor of Japanese culture. Right. So even just having you here and being able to pick your brain is incredible. Mm. And I love all the super funky Kit Kats. Yeah, man. The, you know, the the matcha ones. Uh, there's actually a creme brulee one now yeah. where you put them in the oven. And oh, the, really? The I did top, not know that. The top part brulees. Yeah, that That's awesome. Amazing. It's ridiculous. Like, Japan's on the next level. I actually just ordered, and I'm getting this month, uh, a Japan crate. Oh. Where they send 18, a monthly subscription of 18 snacks oh, and goodies awesome. from Japan. So, yeah, I'm really psyched about uh, Japanese culture, and I'm excited to get out there. You guys just recently went out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that's a, that was another relationship milestone is we did a month long trip wow. with each other. every day yeah. together uh, every minute anyway, no. <laughs> did you like constantly talk about it like you knew that this was not necessarily just an, an adventure but an endeavor yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we basically we definitely spent, snapped uh, a couple of times almost, on vacation. Almost, uh, half a year getting ready for this trip. And, <laughs> oh yeah, there was de- oh there was a, a near breakup. Oh for sure. We had, nice. Yeah. I um, mean that's how you know you're meant to be though. Yeah. If you can go on a trip, yeah, and you yeah. survive it. Yeah. But I like how I asked the question and you instantly go to preparation and Patrick instantly goes to the issues that you were having. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we learned about each other's traveling styles. So I mean. I found out mm, in week four of the trip that he was like, man, I I just wanted to relax. I'm like, no one goes to Asia to relax. You go to fucking Mexico, guy. No, yeah. but I mean, like, we were like, I stop agree. and go every yes. couple of Living days to another suitcases. city. And after a while, I was like, fuck, I just, yeah, I know. I'm just tired I know, of packing I know it was and hard packing. For you. It was hard for Patrick because, you know, in Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Japan, where we went, they don't speak English, really. So it's hard to not be able to communicate. It's also as hard you want. that I had to lug around yeah, your my busted ugly, ass. disgusting suitcase <laughs> that was overpacked, and I bought myself a nice Samsonite that you kept walking around, and people were even like, "Look at this uh, American mess over here!" And I'm Look, l- lugging around your suitcase. I know my suitcase uh, is like a fabric one, and the the outside zipper just busted open, so it looked like a giant lip hanging. Like, blah, blah, blah. and people, a couple of people, were like, yes, "Excuse me, I'm so Like, we know, and he just looked like a fool carrying this thing around. Yeah. And he let me carry his swanky Samsonite around. So are you the itinerary builder, Jen? Oh, yeah, big time. Big and time. and you're the, I just want to be there and I'll figure it out yeah. as I go out. Yeah, and I mean, there was a few things where Patrick was like, oh, I definitely want to check out this and this city or whatever, but it was mostly me. And, and I'm very lucky because I'm very much so, how do I 
pack the most into one day, especially in Asia. Like, yeah. you have to understand, Patrick. I love it. Yeah. Asians don't even relax. Right. I you know. know what I mean? Like, if you, I, I know enough without going, but I could just tell that as hospitable as they are and welcoming of their tourism, because that's a big moneymaker for mm-hmm. them, them themselves are very into themselves in a very polite, respectful way, getting their shit done. Absolutely. You know, so they can drink at the end of the day kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I, it's not a place you go to, like, beach it up mm-hmm. well I wasn't even thinking about beach it up it's just really the stop and go just got to me after all. I was like I'm fucking fed up with this shit catching a train go to an Airbnb where like the bed is busted right. or it's just a lot when we booked this trip so we booked this trip because we got a crazy deal right and uh, so Hong Kong Taiwan Japan and he's like, oh, you know, maybe we should stay in tai- Taiwan longer because our dollar will stretch out longer. I'm like, oh, sure. OK. I mean, like Taiwan's definitely cheaper than Hong Kong or Japan, but it's not dirt cheap by any means. And he goes, you know, I just want to chill on the beach and just check out some Thai boxing. I'm like, stop talking right now. You you think we're going to Thailand. And said Taiwan. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Made in Taiwan. Like, that's what I had to say to myself to know that it was in Thailand. That's so funny. Yeah. So you're in Asia, mm-hmm. traveling from country to country. What did you learn about each other that you didn't know before going on this trip? Uh, well, like I said, the travel styles. You know what? I learned that in some ways our relationship is very traditional. Like we have traditional kind of gender roles in, in, in many areas. But, you know, when we're out and about in public, Patrick takes on the, the man role. Like he... Wow. Which is fine. I'm cool with that. I like to find out the man role. No, but I mean, like, when you take care of business, is what I'm trying to say. What kind of business am I taking care of? I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, for example, checking into a hotel, uh, blah, blah, blah. You do more of the the, the public, you know, speaking with other people in life. All right, fair enough. Right? Um, Even in Asia? But that's what I'm saying is that in Asia, it didn't happen. So uh, I noticed a couple times you got a little frustrated. And that's when I was like, that's when I realized I'm like, oh, normally Patrick does do the this this role. You know what I mean? But it it, it, it was me because I speak Japanese. I think I got frustrated because <laughs> other than Taiwan, I find and I find the Japanese polite on surface, but I th- I find that the, them to be quite condescending sometimes. All right, in Hong Kong as well, and just like I was trying to be like polite tourists mm-hmm. for two to three weeks and then by like the fourth week I, I was like fuck these people <laughs> <laughs> fuck Japanese like what? people what would happen just like you would talk to them or just they were very short with you sometimes it's you know what it's because we're foreigners That's I why. know but then mm-hmm. I was like you know what why am I being such a nice guy mm-hmm. when they're being such pieces of shit right. and I only figured it out in the last week mm-hmm. that the next time we go to Japan piece of shit right off the plane no friendliness that's great well two separate hotel rooms perfect (laughs) i think you just have to be firm right that's what i mean i don't mean like piece of shit but i just have to be more firm and just say what i want yeah but like to us being that firm is being a piece of shit right in our context yeah all right Uh, uh, you know what i'm curious what did you find out about me that you didn't know there you go uh i don't know what i learned about you i learned that you like to to go to a lot of temples that pretty Mm. much look all the same and want me to get excited about temples. And I'm like, I've seen like seven already. I, I don't care about temples anymore. So I, I learned you're a big temple lover. All right. I just enjoy uh, art history and culture. Yeah, that's Architecture. nice. Architecture. You know, thousand yeah. year old. Uh, that's cool. I have an appreciation that it's fine. You don't. 
So what's traveling look like to you now that you're, say it's not a relaxing trip, but you actually like trying to like get as much culture jam packed into one thing. What, what, what do you, do you just want to walk around? You don't want to necessarily go into everything. I want to eat and shop. Right. Shop. Yeah. What, what do you need? I'm like, uh, just, just anything, man. I just want to like go. <laughs> the hoarder is shaking her head. And then I want, I want to shop and I want to like s- swindle them down for a deal. Oh, you just want to, you just want to get bargains yeah, yeah. for shit. Doesn't matter. I'm like an old Mediterranean man. <laughs> like, I just want to shop and eat. That's it. Okay. So wait, what, what did we say that we learned about Jen? Uh, not much. <laughs> not I can't much. even like. What did I learn about you? I don't know. Like that uh, you didn't really realize that before. you have a beautiful family in Japan. Ah, very and that nice. they're very hospitable and they were amazing. Actually, that was my favorite part of the trip was visiting your friends and family in Japan. That's nice. That's important. Yeah. I'm gonna get back to questions about families, but first we're gonna flip the script again. Get a little bit more of a newlywed vibe going on here. I got a question for each of you to answer about each other. Okay. Okay. So just this is an easy one. You guys just traveled together. So this might be a helpful reminder. What are each other's favorite and least favorite things to consume? Patrick loves to consume marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said consume and not yeah. eat. Yeah. Um, he loves jerk chicken. Mm. He loves kind of like Italian and Mediterranean food. Hence being an old Mediterranean man. Yeah. And least favorite, oh, (laughs) Asian food. No, just kidding. He had a horrible, this is a long story, I'll make it short. He had a horrible allergic reaction to something in Hong Kong. Just like like blisters all over his body. Wow. Or hives, hives. Hives. And then it flared up again. I never had an allergic reaction to anything in my life. never been allergic to anything ever. It flared up again in Japan, and then it flared up again eating at my mother's house. Oh. We had to go to the hospital and everything. Wow. Yeah. And then he's, they're like, what are you allergic to? He's like, I'm going to guess it's Asian food. Like, it, this is... Well, no, just, something like, like a preservative or an additive or something that's okay. in Asian cuisine. Um, but, but no, I mean, you don't, you generally don't prefer like Asian flavors, you always prefer like Italian kind of Mediterranean flavors before if you're craving something. Mm. But I know you don't like to consume. Um, why are you winking like that? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I'm waiting for you. Green peppers. Oh yeah, but we both hate green peppers. All right, which is great. Uh, Jen does not like to consume meat. <laughs> I don't like okay. it. Okay, yeah. that's an easy one. Yeah. We know Jen's a vegan. Uh, Jen loves anything that has sugar. Oh, I love D- it. Vegan donuts. Oreos, Oreos, somebody cake, muffins. Uh, like, that could yeah. be dinner for her if mm-hmm. she wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has been. And then you don't like to consume. I don't know. You eat pretty much everything other than like obviously dairy products and meat products because you are a vegan. You don't like to consume wrestling. Oh, that's not true. I mean, I won't actively be like, let's watch wrestling. But if it's on, I'm kind of, you know, I'm taking a peek. You're asking questions. You're right. asking questions, yeah. I don't know. You don't, I mean, like, what you don't like to consume? Black licorice, anise Whoa. products. There you yeah. go. Oh, there you go. It. People are insane. I love when you know the attributes of a serial killer in your own <laughs> mind. You're like, that person likes black licorice, serial killer. Yeah, yeah. That person takes cold showers, serial Disgusting. killer. That person constantly re-microwaves the same cup of coffee, serial oh, killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are mine, at least. Yeah, but it, I, I happen to like black licorice, especially from Australia. Really? Eh? Oh, dude, I was going to say, Australians love black licorice. They do it differently a, than and us. And Vegemite. Thank. That was a, that was not bad. Yeah, that was a good. Day. Patrick, I didn't know your wealth of uh, of accents there. Oh, buddy, all kinds of voices all the time. Is <clears throat> is funny a pro, like the number one priority in a relationship? Like, do you, if you're not laughing, you're crying. 
are you saying for me personally? Or for, funny? For, I'm just saying in general. Like, I mean, if you're my relationship, we're always laughing. Yeah. That's what keeps us kind of happy and alive. Like, even in a bad situation, how do we find? But there's some people that just take things a little too I, I seriously. I believe that a sense of humor mm-hmm. is very important in a relationship. It just helps things. The more fun you're having, the more the more you enjoy being with each yeah, other. Yeah, otherwise you're just business partners in a house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But we know those relationships. You know, Absolutely. Maybe not this generation, but I think in, mm. in past generations mm-hmm. where you see kind of two parents that are kind of formulaic about their yeah, whole absolutely. relationship. And it maybe works for them. But from an outside looking in, I was like, where where's the fun happening? I think it's super important. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me sad to see relationships like that where it's just, it's functional. You know what I mean? What advice would you give to someone in a relationship who's very family oriented, talking a lot about families, including reciprocal interaction with partners' extended families, but one partner doesn't like their partner's family? Ooh. Well, Jen and I, we come from two different families. Mm -hmm. We're very different. (laughs) Jen's family is very polite. Private. Private and quiet. And then my family is like, eh, that girl's an idiot. <laughs> like, we just talk, we say what we want. But in a very respectful manner, too. It's not like... Oh, well, yeah, you're not animals. You guys no, are we're just, not animals. You're just very warm and lively. But you're a family-oriented person, and it's important for you. What do you, what do, you do? How do you? How do you make it work? Well, I think you know my answer already. What? Fucking dump. <laughs> really? On. Yeah, man. If you if family's a priority in your life and the other person doesn't like your family yeah, and do, is not putting in the effort, that's the thing. It's like, sure, maybe if that's a sign of an amazing relationship. If you know this person like doesn't, if maybe they're shy or you know whatever, they don't want to share too much about themselves, but they make the efforts, they take the steps to get to know your family and kind of connect in some way. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, like like I'm a big like mama's boy. Like I, I grew up like. An only child. You don't say. Yeah, with with my like just raised by my mother, and like I think Jen is amazing because like without me asking her, anybody asking her to do it, you know, she'll call up my mom. She'll just say hi to her, make sure she's okay. Which to me, that's like when you when you do those little things to me mean a lot to me. You're going out of like what I expect you to do, and it shows that you support. So I think it's important, man. Like I think it depends, like. I think if it's important to you, then you have to review what you're going, who you're with. And on the flip side, man, if you're if you're going to be like, yeah, well, um, I, I don't like this person's family, whatever. I'm not going to take steps to get to know them or connect with them anyway. Just know that they're going to be talking shit about you at the <laughs> at the Christmas dinner table. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah, so. yeah that's good advice. <laughs> but. Is there a wrong time to meet the family? Like, is there a too soon, a too late? I mean, it, it all depends, of course. If you just got out of a serious relationship and then you're bringing the next one around like a couple weeks later, that's too soon. Obviously. Well said. Uh, too late. I don't know. The wedding day. That's not as, that's not that's smooth. That's not normal. Um, <laughs> it's like, we're engaged. Here's yeah. Jen. Here's a picture of her. <laughs> But, you know, if um, if you're close to your family and you want to share what's important to you uh, with them, then uh, then any time is the right time. Did you meet my mom first or did I meet your family? I first? met your mom first and I said, holy shit, your mom is exactly like my mom, but a Latina. And when I thought you said that, I thought you meant demeanor wise, but that's not what you meant. They actually, your mom is the Asian, my mom, weight, clothes, Hair. hairstyle. It's kind of eerie. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I first met your mom, I t- 
Oh, yeah. like taken back. It's like, whoa, you have the same hairstyle but, but and size also, as your mom. They're also both like, ah, ah, like they get a little anxious and hyper yeah. and they're constantly like running around. Why are you running in your oh, own yeah, house? Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Eating last. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get, uh, do you want more? So are you, Everything's a panic. Yeah, well, my mom does talk like Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle. She's always like, <laughs> out of breath. <laughs> oh, great reference. <laughs> uh, is it a good idea to date someone seriously without meeting their family or maybe even their friends first? I mean, like, let's say you're both in Cambodia. I mean, you're obviously going to date, and if you're there for a year... You might date them for a year without meeting your family. Let's have a less extreme, less extreme. situation. <laughs> like if you're both, if your families are in the same city and you have it in, I feel it's like weird. Once you're interested in a person, I mean, you, there's the follow-up questions like, who's your mom? Who's your dad? Mm-hmm. You got a sister. Oh, do you guys meet on Sunday? I mean, like, like you have a niece. Mm-hmm. And if she had like, I mean, you're not Catholic, but if you had like a baptism to go to and if we were like in together, he was like, oh, wouldn't you want me to come to the bank? And you're like, no, I, I think that was like super weird that you didn't want to involve me mm-hmm. in your in like your family life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, I come from a very private, um, you know, uh, family. And uh, even for me, it would be weird to not bring Patrick around. Do you know what I mean? Because he's part of my life and, you know. And he's a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. He adds excitement to, like, Mm -hmm. I love that about going to your partner's family and they embrace you Mm -hmm. and, and, but what happens if, like, you want to like the, your opposite, your spouse's um, family and they're just like, not into you and you feel it and then you just can't do anything. You can't connect with them. What, what happens then? Do you still, are you like, like you say dump them, but what happens if that's the case? Well, I'll be honest with you. Like for us. I find it hard at times to connect with your family because they're so private and quiet that sometimes I find myself (laughs) running out of things to talk to at the dinner table. But then I just relax because then when Jen talks, they treat her the same. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's not me. (laughs) It's just the way they are. And at the end of the day, it's like we go eat at their house two, three hours a day. You know, they're getting older. And sometimes, like for me, it's about... Yes, I think I have a good relationship with your parents because they seem to yeah. like me a lot because I'm not like the mm-hmm. other bums in your life. All right. <sighs> I think they show their appreciation for me in different ways. Mm-hmm. Than my, and I, ad, outside of like how my family would show it. Exactly. And I think, you know, at the same time, it's like I'm getting older. I'm becoming a lot less selfish. They're getting older. And it's like I'm just trying to have a good relationship with her family and not make it all about me at the same time, which I think is healthy. Because I think once you, it's like, why is no one paying attention to me? Why? It's not about you sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's about your niece or it's about your mom or it's about me fixing your dad's printer because he doesn't understand how to fix it. And it's about uh, getting them a better Rogers package because they've been getting like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and those these are the things I like doing. And your family's awesome in a lot of other ways that are different from my family good advice i did bring home uh uh the first boyfriend i ever lived with um uh, i brought him home once and i had to give him talking points because he was just socially inept okay right? like, what do i talk about you know? i'm like okay my dad's got his like 60th birthday or whatever whatever the it was a big birthday coming up and then uh talk about my mom's garden so he comes over and he's and it's just you know 
clutter of the cutlery on the on the plates like was so loud because there's no other sound oh, right no. he's like oh i uh I hear someone's got a big birthday coming up <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's face is just in the plate i'm like dad he's talking to you and he goes what that's in a month <laughs> just oh, shot man. him down and uh, i also told this guy i'm like don't leave anything on your plate. You have to eat everything. Wow. What does he do? He leaves the avocado and the salad. Oh, should have dumped that one. But yeah, in that case, my parents just didn't like this guy because, but because they, they were just like, why is my daughter bringing home this bum home? Like Patrick said, my parents love Patrick though because uh, you know. I bought a bottle of wine. I uh, know, but you're just a good person. I mean, like, they I just, just feel it from you. And then when I when when my mom found out what Patrick's uh, you know background was nationality, she goes, ah, that's nice, very international kapar. Yeah. <laughs> love it love yeah. it well that's actually you're, you're giving me another really good segue to another question i have <laughs> this what i we swear do, i'm buddy. not peering yeah. over and looking no at you're your not questions. you're not and uh <laughs> this is another one for you guys to talk for each other there's another question uh i want jen to start out to explain patrick's first real relationship and his first real heartbreak and then patrick will do the same and it could be, it doesn't have to be the one or the first or, you know, anyone will do if you can't think of, I don't want to put too much pressure. Oh, that's amazing. God, I'm gonna, why are you always making me seem horrible? Listen, you didn't give me a lot of information about your last serious relationship. I said, why did you break up? And you said she was a very negative person. That's a lot. That's a lot. What else am I supposed to say about that? I I feel like you you uh, kept a lot of information about that because you didn't want me to get the wheels no, turning. No, you didn't ask. I asked, man. Ask me now. All right. Um, how how did you meet and how did you break up? I knew her in high school, mm-hmm. only to date her later, when I was like in my mid-20s. And she was a complainer. But Yay. like one of these people that like, you're like, oh, okay, you're complaining to me. And then you would give them like, oh, you know, maybe you should do this. But then they would like be a know-it-all at the same time. Ugh. Yeah. And then it was like a year of that. And then one day I was like, I snapped one. And I was like, you know what? I don't even like you. And I just broke up with, like, I just, like, I had, like, I reached mm-hmm. that now, breaking it, point. Was that a heartbreak, though? Like, did you, when it was all said and done, you're like, fuck, like, I know this had to be done. No, I wasn't heartbroken. I've had, like, infatuation heartbreak. I don't think I've ever been in a relationship where I was heartbroken. Alyssa Milano, you know, she turned him down. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace of the vampire. Yeah, all of that. Um, you, I believe, you moved in with a guy. You started dating another guy. And then he cheated on you. I didn't, I didn't live with that person. Okay. You dated a guy who you lived with. You dated, a, you were living with some guy. And then you broke up with him to date another guy. And then that guy, and you broke that guy's heart. And then this other guy that you moved in with broke your heart. And then you did that loser move where you call the guy that you broke his heart before to be like, now I understand how you felt. I'm sorry. No. Okay. No, no, no. I didn't live with any of these people. I didn't live with any of these people. Who's the first guy that and you, it, it you lived with? It was a different you, loser who I called. Who's the, f- <laughs> who's the first guy that you lived with that he didn't know how to clean the bathroom uh, and you made him cry? Some some clown from sarnia ontario Ugh. i told he moved in a few days before i did into this this place we got together i'm like hey can you just get started cleaning the bathroom he's like yeah okay uh like how i'm like <laughs> well you know get a sponge uh some mr clean he's like 
okay and uh like what do i do i'm like what like you don't know how to so going back to you know moving fresh out of your mom's house right so by the time i get there i'm like what are you doing and i had him on the floor crying he was sitting on the floor crying who's this guy that was crying a bum from sarnia no but i still like i don't like i could never imagine like even if i didn't know how to clean a washroom like am i right alex like if you didn't know how to clean the bathroom could anybody make you cry about that i would hope that i'm man enough <laughs> of a person to man never enough, be just a, in that position where i'm independent enough of a person right. but let's say you didn't know how to do something and somebody started berating you would you break down and cry as things like the, i mean that, that, i mean me personally no, no what right? do i think of somebody that would do that is clearly doesn't have their shit together thank, thank mm-hmm. you yeah but like come on we, our blinders are on especially if we're younger if we're immature if we haven't been experienced whether you're in jen's position where she happens to be more independent or just has a common sense understanding of how to clean things or they weren't raised by their parents until their 30s versus somebody who clearly has just had things done for them their entire life and that that does go back to our previous question but i mean you have blinders on as in a young relationship you're going to want to do whatever you can for this other person and then when you realize you can't even clean a washroom for them emotionally that's going to break you down especially when you're moving in like there's so much emotion and moving in in a relationship that i've only recently experienced and i'm learning and and i actually have a few more questions for you guys about that stuff Mm -hmm. but I, i totally get what it's like to want to kind of please somebody but you don't have the necessary skills to please them. So your ultimate kind of biological reaction is to be emotional mm. because you can't really do anything physical about it. Yeah. Are you, are you're not talking about sex. No, I meant like he clearly can't hold his own in this relationship. So he's going to sh- try to kind of cower his way into like i don't know it just seems like this person was either emotionally or just wasn't ready to move in with anybody so you are correct that's just like Mm -hmm. it just seems like most of us do that though we kind of revert when when we don't know how to do something we revert to a lesser version of us in hopes to get picked up by our 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 coattails by either our partner or eventually ourselves hopefully if you're an individual enough Mm -hmm. but you know uh, emotions get the best of people especially in relationships especially when all there is in this instance is you two people emotionally developing a life which is difficult which is not easy especially when you're young it sounds like this was a long time ago Mm -hmm. yeah early 20s hey i I mean i know what i was like in my early 20s and i'm still not capable of a lot of things of what i thought i would be in my early 30s right but a relationship is is one thing where you always are going to think you're ready right i mean how many of us were in a relationship when we were 18 years old meet somebody like i'm gonna marry this person we're gonna have kids (laughs) we're gonna move we're gonna have a life together like uh, that's what i asked before you know like how do you know you're too young to make this work you know like the cards are against you when you're 18 19 years old especially when you're expected to be together for 30, 40, 50 years if that's what your head, like, I mean, if that's the dream when you're 18, 19, like, even when you're in your 30s, is you know, how do you know that these goals are going to be achievable? Or do you kind of just don't, don't really put them on a pedestal? I mean, I think as with anything in life, you learn from your mistakes, right? So I think sometimes it is valuable to have a relationship when you're young that crashes and burns. And then you you learn from that you you know like for example that idiot who I lived with I knew I I knew after that I'm like okay next next boyfriend I live with you know has to have these minimum requirements <laughs> you know otherwise it's not a good time to move in with that person 
And those happen to be, what are those minimum requirements? Know how to clean the fucking washroom. Uh, Know that a bag of Doritos and a two liter of Coke is not a meal. Yeah, that's That's a a big one one for Um, most people. You will get scurvy. I gotta say, like, before, you you, you, you domesticated me a lot. Oh, you were a feral man. You were a feral wild animal. Yeah, I was living in a house across the street with, like, Dave Merhaj and, like, Pat Bercher, like, an insane house of, like, laughter and discourse and hip hop. Too much hip hop. Was that with Natish and Marito? No, no, no. it was me, Pat Bercher, Massimo, and Love it. and Dave Merhage. How many bros are being thrown around that house? Oh man, we had a, a, it's a this, bro house. We had a we had a bro house, but we had a, like a white roommate who always thought we were fighting. It's <laughs> like, are you guys uh, fighting? <laughs> like, nah, bro, shut the fuck up. We're fucking just talking. Like, and but I didn't have my shit. I didn't have any government ID. I wait, wait, wait. You met Jen without a government ID? Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's be honest. He had. Nothing. No driver's wow. license. No health card. I was like an animal. Like yeah. all I did was comedy and laugh with my friends and like bartend and like like he would come over and I would make like a healthy salad and I was like I f- I feel like I'm sponsoring like a child oh, through World funny. Vision. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what this guy was eating before, but and then, and then, I was eating well. I was eating. I was making a lot of rice and like chicken and stuff <laughs> like that. But you're right. When it comes to dicing vegetables, I'm not. But I was like a mess. And in my mind, I don't think I saw past. Like, I I truly believed I wasn't going to be with somebody that I was destined to be somebody's cool uncle for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? Like, I really believed these things. And that like my number one love was comedy. And that's all I was going to immerse myself with. And I was going to like, I sure to have people in my life, but I don't I didn't think it was going to last. I, I spent a decade between that relationship we just spoke about to you. And I think I was just like, and I this sounds so corny, but like, I believe that because that relationship was so bad, I just didn't care to involve myself with anything that felt like that previous relationship. Anything that gave me like, Oh no, you're like this person or you're, it's something different, but I don't like the expectations you have or how you are demeanor wise. I just like not call them or just fade fade out. But with you, it's just different. It was like fun and it was organic and I really liked you and we laughed a lot. And it just like slowly, slowly, I just got my shit together because now I wasn't just responsible for myself. We were entering a partnership where I had to be responsible not only for myself, but for the unit that we are together, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. That does. And, and again, another great segue. Buddy, I'm <clears throat> killing it today. You guys are, <laughs> I'm not going to keep you guys for too much longer. No. Thank you guys for being here. Listen to us podcast, Love Advice for Idiots by Idiots on the 10 Minute Podcast Network. When you're in a relationship and you know it's time to make the work work. It's time to really apply your life to theirs, benefit them in as much as much as you can. When do you know that um, the give and take is even or the give and take is not even? And how do you approach that? Or how how can you tell your partner, listen, I, I do this for you. I would expect this in return. You know, but maybe they have an excuse like, well, you know, I've never been with someone who told me to 
or taught me how to clean the washroom or taught 100%. me how to put dishes away or, or, you know, like I don't think a lot about other than myself because a lot of people don't know how to put themselves in other people's shoes or, or it's definitely a learning curve because yeah. you, instinctively you don't think of yourself as a unit, right? Like I had like, I had more of a trouble with that. At first, because I was like, well, so did you, but like, I have, come on. Well, you know, <laughs> Jen's so eye rose yeah, yeah. through the roof <laughs> off her but, forehead. Well, I'm just not, I'm not, uh, you know, trying to. Like as an individual, I mean, we're all kind of self-involved, but I was like extra self-involved. Okay, but what about me? What about me? Did I have trouble adjusting? You know what? You had trouble. Clutter bomb. Clutter bomb. And you had trouble once the space became our apartment you had trouble letting go yeah, of your things to make room for my stuff which was insane you had like over like too many plants in a room you were like i was like why do you need 11 plants in one room like this it's true i had a lot of plants. i was like weird. i like plants and like, plants. it was weird it, it was, was like too you know, many plants now when i think about how many he's like you know what i don't want to sit on the couch and get fingered by a plant nice. in my yeah. asshole i was like yeah you're right let's get rid of this one it's yeah. true. And it's those I, spider plants. They'll finger your yeah, asshole yeah. every time. <laughs> In the course of our relationship of the last three years, I think, you know, both of us have come up to each other and been like, oh, you know, like, I've been doing this lately and I feel like you don't realize that mm. I'm and doing this. And sometimes it's totally innocent. You know what? Yeah. Sometimes the other person, it's not that they're self-centered. It's like, oh, shit, sorry. I didn't I didn't realize. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's happened a bunch of times mm-hmm. where we've both come to each other and been like, I feel like you. And then we're like, we ap- we're apologetic to each other because mm-hmm. we haven't realized that the other person mm-hmm. feels a certain way. Yeah. So, then, again, it comes to communication. Yeah. Commu- and the more you communicate it, especially if someone drops a ball, even after they've been doing okay for a while, bring it to their attention. Make sure they're aware of the reciprocity. Mm-hmm. But if there's like a known balance, just because you're kind of aware of this person's inability, maybe, or maybe in the moment they just aren't able to put two and two together. Like, can you teach that old dog new tricks? Can you keep saying, hey, pup, like, you know, you got to stop doing this or it's going to really affect things. Absolutely. I think like no one is going to enter a, a living, a partnership when you live with somebody and it's going to be perfect. It's like growing pains, as I said before. And I think. If you can't learn to adapt, then that tells me that you are not available to this relationship. Being able to adapt and change, and you don't have to change who you are for somebody, but if somebody, you have to learn how to live with somebody else. And if you can't give, then don't expect to take at at that point. You know what I mean? Like if you can't. Like if somebody's like, hey, you know, I really like this or give me an example like that you think of, like that you can think of. Sometimes you don't realize you're being selfish when you're asking for your partner's time or efforts. Right. And they give it to you without question. And then they could come to you and say, listen, I did this for you, but you don't think about it when it's my turn to reciprocate. Sure. Once that's addressed to you, where you take it, says a lot about you. Like if you feel bad and you're like, oh shit, I didn't I didn't see it like that. You know what? You're a hundred percent right. You did do this for me and do that for you. I will be more open to doing this for you. I didn't even think about it. I'm so sorry. But then if you're like, man, eh, you know what? I don't really give a fuck. Fuck your friends <laughs> and fuck your friends play. I don't want to fucking <laughs> see them. Then he's like, it's not like it's it's not realistic. I like right. It's not a realistic relationship. You're not being realistic because being in a relationship, unfortunately, is having to do things that you don't want to fucking do sometimes. 
What about expectations, though? I mean, realistically, how many times can you expect them to just finally get it? Like, how, like, when does it get to a point where they're just, it's still not drilling into their head? Or maybe you're, is it, do you have to, like, consider communicating it differently? Like, what would the approach be? Yeah, I mean, it all depends, right? At the end of the day, sometimes people aren't going to change uh, certain, whether it be habits or just, you know, the way they are. And then, um, you know, you have to, <coughs> out, you know, you have to weigh, you know, is everything that's great about this person and what they contribute to the relationship, does it weigh more than this this thing that I hate? I like that. And sometimes you got to learn to love because let's be honest, we're all learning to love at all times. I mean, you, you, you find out a lot about somebody the more you're with them. And if you're willing to stick it out no matter what, then all those new things are just more things to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple more questions for you and then I'll let you guys go. Do you guys believe in the concept of soulmates? Or is it two people that are basically collaborating together and curating a life? Uh, the second. Yeah. I don't believe I, in... I, I was shaking my head right away and then I looked at Patrick. I'm like, oh boy, what do you believe? But uh, no, I don't believe in soulmates. I think that's nonsense. But uh, <laughs> but I do believe... I get, because, you know, like your life is constantly changing, right? Whatever you want to pursue in your own individual life, what your goals are and whatnot. Like Patrick and I always talk about, like, if we had met... If we if we went to high school together, there's no fucking way we'd be together. Even when we were, if we were like, in our 20s together, it's like the life he had and life I Jen had... Jen was like... Into punk and like uh, <laughs> everything sucks. <laughs> Don't you love thinking about what you, your partner was like 15 years oh, ago yeah. and if All you right. would still be into them? Yeah, frosted tips. Um. Whoa. <laughs> spit take. We had a bit of a spit take <laughs> there. Frosted tips. Eyebrow ring, tongue ring. Uh, uh, I, I ha- hate you. It's I, the yeah. early, I'm disgusted guys, by it you. was the late nineties, early millennium. I had pleather pants at one point. It was a lot of uh, bouge de la or electric circus and uh, Montreal raves. I don't uh, regret anything, guys. So, do you think that your taste in significant others evolves? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and and things can change and get sexy or, or, you know, or like, you know, you're, you're going to find new and exciting things as long as you're communicating and, and evolving as people individually, you can then evolve together. Is that kind of the understanding? Like people don't necessarily evolve together like soulmates, but individually and come together. And if one person is evolving more than the other, are we having issues here? Is it as an expectation of the significant other to kind of like, hey, you know, evolution's calling. I'm I'm understanding the hip new kids and what they're into. Can mm-hmm. can you follow me or do we have to like always kind of revert back to what's comfortable? I just think it's just important to always have an open mind. You know what I mean? It's like the last serious relationship I had, for all intents and purposes, I was kind of like engaged to this person. They're very financially responsible. We we're going to buy property together, blah, blah, blah. But I was so bored. Mm. You know, it's like I could have had an easy, sweet life financially. Like he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to work so that you don't have to and all this. And wow. and at the end of the day, I was like, I'm bored. Like You're I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up to uh, stay yeah, with you. Yeah, but priorities, man. But you know, but and then I realized I'm like, oh no, no. What's more important in my life is that I'm just genuinely happy every day, and it's like I don't need this financial security necessarily. And uh, it's not like Patrick came along right after that, but you know, Patrick is the next serious relationship I had. Complete opposite. You know, the number one thing that pa- I think Patrick provides for me is just really enjoying every day that I spend with him. And so, so again, I, I evolved, right? Because before I thought that I wanted that, just the financial security, security. property, da-da-da-da. 
but because I evolved kind of as a person and then this person walked into my life, I think it just, you just have to be open-minded and go with the flow. You know what I mean? And, um, does that change once you're in a serious relationship? Yeah. I mean, it, it did with my last one, right? I, after, after a while I was like, I don't want this. So, you know, that was a pretty, uh, like I said, I think everyone has to kind of crash and burn to, to learn from things. And that's a good thing. It's okay. Like, don't be, don't be afraid to break up with somebody. Man, it breaks my heart watching like some of my friends who are in relationships where it's like, I know you're fucking miserable. Just oh, fucking yeah, leave. The worst. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's going to be maybe embarrassing to tell your family and your friends and all that and everything. But well, it comes from insecurities, too. Yeah. It's like they don't believe that they'll find something better or they don't. They're just scared to to break off that mm-hmm. that comfort zone, I guess. Yeah, let's talk That's- more about comfort zone. Uh, sexuality in a relationship. What happens if one person is more evolved than the other? Not necessarily evolved, but more interested in exploring their own sexuality with the partner, but the other partner doesn't really feel comfortable or they're shy or they just, that's never been an interest for them. I mean, I guess the most common one off the top is kind of like anal sex. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens if this one partner fetishizes about it and the other partner's like, you know, exit only, buddy. Either party, you know, male or female or both. You know what I mean? Like, how, do you have to just live your whole life being like, what if? Like, I, I these are things I want to explore. My partner's not into it. How do I grow with this person? I love them for every other reason but this. And obviously prioritizing. But sex can be a big one. Probably the biggest. Mm-hmm. I think um, with the exception of... Um uh, the really, really weird ones like poop and I don't know, live animals. Uh, what about Bandar? What the golden shower? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's not even that really weird. But I I was just gonna say I think everyone should be open to at least trying things with respect to peeing or butt sex. But see, but this is I, all I subjective in, to you, though. Well, I'm being interviewed right now. So. Right, I know, but it's like... <laughs> but no, but, but when I, try, I see, when I answer the questions, is, I try to pr- yes. pretend I'm that person, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, because so I, I'm pretending it, I'm these... Shut up. So basically, I'm saying she's like... She's pretending a pers- that she's a person like herself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this girl named Jen. Uh, but yeah, no, you gotta be, you, gotta be uh, you know, open to at least trying it. And you know what? If you're a guy who really wants to do your girl up the butt, I think it's only fair... That it, she was like, you know what? I'll give it a try if you, if you give it a try. You got to take something up your butt. It's only fair. Oh, bro, that's gross. Well, then why can't I say it's gross? Love it. I you know love what I mean? that. You got to turn I the table sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> and I always say, try something thrice. Wow, that's wow. a lot of times. Yeah. Is it never, though? There's never two without three, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how much you can fit, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, you know, like sometimes you try something once and your brain's not ready. The second sure. time you got to get more comfortable. And that third time that your brain's finally telling you yes or no. No, yeah. So I have another question that I want you guys to kind of give the positive and negative aspects to in a relationship. I want to talk about masturbation. Can masturbation affect a relationship positively and negatively? If so, how are they affected? I'll you take this one first. How? Uh, and we can also include pornography in that as well. Oh, yeah. Let's do how, it all. How transparent are we being? Just say what, like, I'm not like you. Uh, you can say okay. whatever you want. I'm so not listen, like you. In the first little while of our relationship, I was working the nine to five, you know, corporate thing. Patrick was still, you know, 
getting his shit together and still I was, didn't have I was ID. working as bartending all the time so I wasn't but like doing night, nothing like I don't know why you're painting this picture but I knew that at like 11am I would text him from work I'd ask him a question and get, I'm like this guy's fucking masturbating on my Wi-Fi. you know what I mean I knew it on your shitty Wi-Fi that you had before I came along and yeah. cleaned it all up <laughs> see you brought something to the table that got me a better package but anyway I knew I knew hey. that's what was going on and then sometimes even now when we do it and then uh, <laughs> and then I don't end the yeah. song and I'm like what's the matter you don't finish the song I'm like I knew you fucking jerked off and earlier I'm like, today did you get yours and you're like yeah I'm like so what's the problem yeah. <laughs> what's the problem exactly I, I get mine it's fine I feel like it's unfair because I don't think you masturbate as no, much I'm as not, I do uh, too busy like we'll do it too and you'll busy. leave <laughs> and then I'll be like oh porn oh really sometimes it's happened <laughs> Jesus Christ but like but you have animal. to understand Pornography has played an important role in my life I'm very aware. for many years. I, I'm very aware, Jen says. I'm like I'm not only uh, a fan of pornography. I know the history <laughs> of where it comes president. from. He worked I, in pornography. I, I was a writer for Brazzers.com, a, scri- a script writer. I do remember that. And also, when I was 12, the Italian guy who had a video store in his garage had a fire, and then he threw out porns that we salvaged. Seventy porns before the internet was invented mm-hmm. and we had like an underground trade between six friends right. and then i worked at video max three x's and upstairs was all pornography and, and I, I stole about like 140 tapes from them so jesus montreal is also the city that never <laughs> stopped sexing right mm-hmm. but like, you tell me like i i masturbate i'm like really i was like i find it's different i don't find that your sex drive gets affected by you masturbating neither does mine but i just won't finish the song as i yeah. say oh you know what going back to your, your the butt sex thing when patrick first told me that he used to work for browsers i'm like oh this guy's want to gonna do it up the butt for sure can i have like s- periodic butt problems do you know what i mean like it's for me it's Don't we all? Yeah. exit pro- exit exit uh strategy only but uh th- he's not into that he's not i'm just and yeah and so it works out great isn't that nice? Yeah. I also haven't had butt problems in a while, so thank you for your concern. When does masturbation negatively <laughs> affect the relationship? Oh, I mean, I would assume, uh, I, I've never encountered this problem personally, but I would assume if the person's like, oh, well, I I, I jerked off today, so I don't, I don't want to touch you. Like they're flaccid, they can't get harder. Or, no, it's not even that, but if even if they don't even express a sexual interest in their partner because they're oh, okay. fucking jerking off so much all the goddamn time. That would be a problem. Is that more of a sex addiction problem than a masturbation problem? It oh, it, like it uh, could be. It also could be a psychological problem. What's that movie with Jordan uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt where he's like a Gino guy, but he can't stop? Ma- that's yeah, a good movie. But that's that's Don exa- Juan. Don Juan. That's that's exactly the, his problem. Yeah. He has a beautiful girlfriend, but he couldn't stop jerking off all the time, and she didn't want him to Jerk engage up. in porn ever. Right. Is that healthy, though, when your partner, like, imagine Jen says to you, Patrick, you're not allowed to relieve yourself unless I'm the one who's doing it. Is that healthy? I mean, I'll just white lie it up, you know what I mean? So there you go. <laughs> now we, we, the lies start. We and all I know, and I know he'd be lying, too. Why are you spending so much time in the washroom? I know you don't have to I, take a shit. I, why, who, what am I? What is this? 1995? I'm in anyway. the washroom? Like, it's, you leave the house. That's <laughs> all I need. You leave the house. We have Wi-Fi. I can be anywhere in the house. 
But uh, but to answer your question, if someone's controlling someone and being like, you you know, you can't relieve yourself unless it's by me. I think that's a bit psychotic. I think, so. I think it's, yeah, me too. Like if somebody else like, don't masturbate, you're like, well. I'm sure that exists. I'm sure, yeah. you know, like. I, I find that weird not, to tell somebody not to masturbate. Exactly. Personally. But, but masturbation is one of those interesting topics. You know, is it ever a good thing versus a bad thing? Are you hurting your relationship if you're looking at other women or other men? What, you know, like what's, can your partner have a reason to be upset with you because of this basic instinct? Which I'm sure a lot of people have masturbated to that movie. Uh, Right? Basic instinct. The yeah. There we go. I got um, it. <clears throat> thanks, Come Patrick. On. Thanks for the support. So okay. okay. Can uh, we answer this? <laughs> I think especially women are a bit more insecure about, you know, if they're if they're if their man is uh, masturbating and looking at porn. Definitely. Um, Do they think, I think it's like, am I not enough? Exactly. For sure. And I've definitely felt that way in the past. Um, but then I think women have to realize for men, it's it's sometimes it's just a physiological thing. And the porn just kind of jumpstarts it or gets it, you know, so it, sometimes it's just a stress relief. You know what I mean? Watching oh, yeah. porn, playing video games, cycling, going to the gym. For some dudes, it's all the same. And oh, women. And women, for answer. sure. answer. Great answer. For sure. All right. One more, and then I'll let you guys go. Yeah. Are you? Do you want more masturbation talk? I, anything you want to ask. I'm like, game. <laughs> all right. Lastly, this is the Never Sleeps Network. Sleep pay, plays a big role, even just the thought of sleep or insomnia. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're all creative types here. Mm-hmm. How important is it to fall asleep together at the same time together when you're in a relationship? <laughs> I'll take this one. Jen, oh boy. like when we first started dating, she would like beg me to come to bed. Okay. And she'd make it, you would beg, you'd be like all sexy about it. I'd jump in bed. That's not begging. And then I'd wait till you fall asleep and then slither out of bed like a snake to continue oh, wow. video and I, gaming. I sleep like a rock, so I had no idea he'd do yeah, it. Yeah, but like you still want me to come to bed. Like, but you're not as like, oh, please. Now you're just like, if I'm like, no, I'll join you later. You're like, whatever. But there was a time where you would like, Try to con me into coming to bed with you when, like, you decided to go to sleep. All right. I don't know if you're aware of your tactics lately. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm going to own up to that for sure. I definitely was mm-hmm. like, you know, let's, it's. I have tactics? Yeah. Now you, uh, you get a little grumpy. You don't outright say, come to bed. You go, I'm going to bed. And then I hear from the bedroom. You're sleeping what? on the couch with your makeup on. The lights are <laughs> off. I'm like, come to bed. It's time. No, man. Jen, like, if you want Jen to fall asleep right now, turn on this TV. Five minutes later, she'll be out. Oh, I like and that. Jen takes, That's a skill. Jen takes a nap in the living room for three hours before re- washing her face and going to bed. And Can I just say Sometimes that- I'm just like. Just go to bed. <laughs> that is the best sleep. I fucking love falling asleep weird, in front right? of the TV. It's uh, it's delicious. I'm the but same. it's not like I'm telling you to come to bed and you're awake. I'm telling you to come to bed because you're like lights out already. And it's very unhealthy for you to keep your makeup products on your face. I always overnight. take it off. Yeah. It's just not exactly when you say. I don't, I'm not telling you. I'm not yeah, like demanding you. I'm yes, like, you why are. don't you just be an adult? They're screaming. Get and up. Clapping. Yeah, I get like Middle Eastern father. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> You two are adorable. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun, man. Can we plug your socials? Sure. Um, I guess uh, Instagram at Jen Sicato. Instagram at Hakimness. 
And how often are your two shows every month? The one at Cameron House and the one at the Underground? So my show at uh, Cameron House Comedy is every Monday, 408 Queen Street West at Cameron House. Start at about 8 o'clock. Different lineup of comics every week. Amazing venue, too. Oh, Just yeah. the best. Legendary. What a gem. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful place. And uh, and then my latest night at the Underground show is the third Thursday of every month, starting at 9.30. Different lineup of comics every month. Just basically, it's a showcase of uh, dope female comics that I like. Great. And a great 420 venue. Yep. And you, sir? Twitter at Hawk.com. <laughs> Any shows coming up in like April? Uh, you know what? Like, are you, are, Do you book I, a, a far in advance or are you just like, I, hey, bro, put me I, on the show? My problem is, is I have tunnel vision and I say yes to whatever. I, ha- I For sure I have shows, but then I got to be like, okay. And then sometimes I forget to put in my phone. I'm like, fuck, I don't want a show today. And Jen's like, you're tagged on this thing. I'm like, yeah. perfect. It's going to catch up to you oh, eventually. It has already. Okay. Well, you're, the thing is, it's tough. In your case, you want to do as many shows as you can. But I as well am hosting a uh, show at the Underground. It's the... Th- Wait, you're the last Thursday of every month? Third Thursday. So I'm the last Thursday of every month, and it's with the introverts, which are musicians, and they do a half-hour musical set, and uh, I book uh, really solid, amazing acts like like kind of a Jeff Paul-esque booking for my room yeah. before that. The introverts are incredible. I've seen them before at the Underground. Both of you guys They're clearly dope. have a great show at the Underground. Joey's doing a lot of... You know, good things for women of comedy. She's doing amazing stuff. For the Patrick Hakeems of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Jen Sicato and Patrick Hakeem from Listen to Us podcast, Love Advice for Idiots by Idiots on the 10 Minute Podcast Network. Thank you, you two, for coming in, for all, answering all my questions. Oh, man, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. Thanks, I can't man. wait to, to hear more 10 Minute Podcasts. Yeah, send in your questions. Uh, we got a Facebook page. Um, listen to us. Uh, just send us a message, whatever question you want us to answer. Or post it in the like the comment section. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> we clearly know the website very well. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just starting out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's help this baby grow. Never sleepers, whether you sleep together at the same time or not with your significant other, sleep tight. Good night. Awesome. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 